It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is TF2 and Mike, and welcome to the Mayhem. This is Mast Mayhem, Episode 6, and with me as always is my Rhino co-pilot, Optimus Solo. Hello. It's good to be in the Rhino this week. Yes. yes neither one of us has to be a estrogen-filled girl. You can't anyway. be next week, though. No, 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 no. Not even close. Not even close. Uh, in this episode of Mast Mayhem, we'll be giving you our thoughts on Episode 12, Solaria Park, Episode 13, The Creeping Terror, and Episode 14, Assault on Liberty. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Incredible. Must be the biggest solar collector in history. And there's its heat ray. It can use that mirror to direct the main mirror's energy in any direction. And those solar energy collectors will store energy so the statue will be invincible, even at night. Let's move it. If I'm right, no weapon on Earth will be able to get near that thing once it's fully charged up. So first up today is Solaria Park. Take it away with the plot. Alrighty, once again, we are starting international. <laughs> internationally, we are not in the U.S. to begin this episode. We are exploring the Aegean Sea and Greece and Europe over there with Scott, T-Bob, Matt, and Bruce. They seem to be on some type of vacation, um, but it doesn't seem to be like a vacation at first. Everyone's seeming to not like the amount of work that's going into this sailing trip, so Matt decides to give them a day to be lazy. So Matt takes off and Bruce stays behind to watch 
Scott and T-Bob, and the ship starts on fire. Um, this results in them swimming to shore, and Matt kind of seeing what's happening and swimming out to try to help them. And Matt and Bruce decide to investigate what is causing the fire since the fire started at the top of the mast and, and basically worked its way down to the ship. They find some other burned items. Um, they also see an amusement park that is owned by some crazy millionaire, quote-unquote. And as they're looking at the amusement park, Miles Mayhem shows up in Switchblade and starts attacking them. But eventually Switchblade crashes into some trees and both teams decide to call for backup. So Mask is assembled and Venom comes to back Miles up. And uh, the Mask team basically is going to assemble and investigate and it leads to a showdown with Mask and Venom, like always. Um, but there's a couple disappearing acts. Miles Mayhem disappears into the mountain, and Sly also disappears into a mountain, seemingly. So Mask is left kind of perplexed, and they decide to investigate Solaria Park, which happens to be full of mirrors and basically a front since nothing is what it should be. Um, and as they're there, Venom transforms the park, Transformers, um, into this giant thing of mirrors with a statue of zeus basically i think it's zeus it's and, a lightning dish or like a solar right, dish they make it into a it's, solar dish of mirrors yeah, with a, yeah. with a greek statue which i assume is supposed to be zeus holding a lightning bolt in the middle yeah um and it's supposed to be able to you know wield unworldly powers and whatnot but mask destroys the statue by running the thunderhawk into it we'll get to that later um which basically saves the day you know, there's, yes. we always have our themes, you know, mask assembles, there's mask and venom showdowns, and at the end, mask saves the day. So that is the plot for Solaria Park. Uh, Comment, when, sir. I... <laughs> when I first saw the dish, I, the only thing I could think of was, um, and I know mask obviously happened before the revival of James Bond in the 90s, but the first thing I thought of was Goldeneye, when the water drenches out and the whole park in GoldenEye is a is a satellite dish for the GoldenEye satellite in the James Bond movie. That was the first thing I thought of when I saw that dish in this episode. Yeah. Um the plot was there a plot in all of this? Yes. Was there really? <laughs> Venom is is creating this solar dish and they're going to use it to shoot lasers out of Zeus's lightning bolt and apparently that is going to help them take over the world. So essentially, Zeus is Zeus is Miles Mayhem's uh, space needle, like Megatron. Essentially, yes. Because nice. two Transformers, Transformers references for Megatron. This. <laughs> well, well, in Transformers, Megatron had the the solar needle, and he was harnessing the power of the sun. And I just don't this, see this... the point here. If you look at the bigger picture in this plot. Uh, Okay, Mask and Venom are based in, in the U.S., we assume, even though it seems yes. like they're not at times. But anyways, the, the, they're from the U.S. So the, the big plan here for Venom is we are going to go to Greece. We are going to create this, uh, this solar-powered energy thing that can shoot lasers out of Zeus's lightning bolt. And that is going to help you do what? Yeah. <laughs> like control Greece? Like these lasers can't shoot more than, you know, so, such a distance. I mean, I understand they're powerful lasers, but what is the point here? How does this 
help you in your ultimate goals of either taking over the U.S. or taking over the world. Like this is this is a bad, bad, bad guy plan from the beginning. Yeah, this is one of the worst schemes I've ever seen a bad guy come up with. Yeah, like we're gonna I go agree. to another country so we can control a <laughs> mile radius with lightning bolts. I don't get it. Because whoever wrote this episode had to come up with the premise from the beginning, right? Yeah. I mean, that's when you're writing animation, most of it can be done by a by like a robot monkey. Um, as far as the stuff that happens every episode. Right. So you don't really have to come up with that. So so somebody sat down and came up with this plan that said, let's take Venom to Greece where they're going to control like a little radius with these lightning bolts and stuff. Like, what? I don't get it. Yeah. That's my thoughts on the plot. There's a plot. I just don't understand how it plays into the bigger scheme of Mask and Venom. Lamest plot so far. <laughs> well, as far as the episodes, it actually somewhat had a plot. <laughs> yeah. um, I did notice that it was the first time that I remember it probably wasn't the first time it happened, but um, one of the first times they really focused on the fact that mask was using a remote call or Matt was using a remote call to call the mask computer and ask them to ask the computer to assemble the team. Yeah. Um, he basically called in via his little communicator and was like, computer assemble the team. He's, he's got a briefcase like Penny does. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as members we had involved in this one, we have the four Venom members, the only four basically we've seen, Miles, Sly, Cliff, and Vanessa. And we have five mass members, Bruce Sato, Brad, Hondo, Dusty, Gloria. Oh, six if you count Matt. So six against four. Right. Um, and obviously Bruce was already there, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. But the funny thing was they showed his... They didn't. Sh- they they show him in the the vehicle next to Matt, and he gives a thumbs up. No, 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 no. I could have sworn that no, no. they showed his. They show a picture of him giving a thumbs up. Like, yep, I'm already here. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, but it's, I, it's I, I don't they know. usually just skip over. This is the first time they actually acknowledged the fact that they were calling for somebody that was already there. Yeah. He gave him the good thumbs up. It was a great picture. Every muscle in my body hurts. Mine too. You're a machine. You can't be tired. Can I be overloaded? Low on power? Worn out and in desperate need of an overhaul? Yes. Then that's what I am. I'd never want to go sailing again. Hoist the mizzen mast. Gaff the jibs. Mow the yard arms. Next, they'll probably want us to put out the fire. What fire? The one up there. It's time to turn those high beams on. I'm going to go first on this one. Well, at least they made mention of shipping the vehicles overseas. That's the first thing I wrote down when I was watching this. (laughs) Then after it, I wrote down, are they listening to us? (laughs) We just brought that up. And then the next episode, they they slipped in Matt to say that. I swear, they heard our podcast. And then they went back and somehow put it in where they're like, oh, we had it shipped ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you already mentioned the Bruce thing. I made a note about the the computer mentions him when he's already there. Uh, count five for the assemble mask uh, quote. <laughs> um, I love. This is mainly for the uh, the scene uh, in the solar solar thing mirror mirror world. Um, I love the animation. I love the way that the 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 animation is when the cars are in action and in motion. Uh, 
I just really, really love that about about how how it's animated, how it looks like it's super hi-fi action type of thing. Yeah. Whereas in some other points, it's like, oh, it's just a car, but hey, we have an action scene, so let's animate it better. <laughs> so, but those are my high beams. What about you? Well, besides the, uh, I had the Thunderhawks shipped ahead. Um, I had I have three high beams in a row revolving around T-Bob. God, you're doing this to torture me. No, first of all, they went back to T-Bob being funny in this episode. <laughs> um, I love the fact that he's like laying there and, and Scott tries to, Scott's a bastard of a, like, okay, I know like T-Bob's kind of more Scott's like nanny babysitter, mm. but you kind of view them as like friends. Like Scott has no friends. T-Bob's his friend. Like they get into mischief together. So I almost look at them like as friends and Scott yeah. seemingly needs to remind, he feels the need to remind T-Bob at all times that T-Bob's not alive. Like Scott, you're a bastard. <laughs> like, damn it. The robot has feelings. Oh wait, no, he's not alive. Um, but he, he said something about like, he's not alive. And T-Bob's like, well, I can be overloaded and blah, 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 blah. And, and then he's just like laying on the boat and he looks up and he's like, Oh, the boat's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, I that was funny how he did that and then once everybody realizes it and everybody's freaking out he's like ah you know robots and children save first and i thought that was kind of funny <laughs> and then uh and then at one point he has like the water like squirting out of him after he's been in the river i thought for once it was cool that they actually showed the water like coming out of him yeah um and then my other thing was like listening to how much t-bob like listening to him go off about how unfun sailing is yeah. And how he doesn't want to be here and he just wants to go home and like he never wants to sail again. And it's too much work and all this other stuff. It just got me to write down this this little thing on my notes. T-Bob is so you, Mike. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. um, no, because I don't, mind sailing as lo- I don't mind sailing as long as there any, everyone no, else it just, it was just the, work. the personality coming out of there and being like, no. It's like you going to the movies was T-Bob going sailing. No. Nope. Um, anyways, eventually you're going to realize that T-Bob is the robot version of you. Um, nope. I thought it was funny when uh, when Firecracker got grounded. Like all the other ships took off. Um, all the other oh, ships yeah. that took off of that cliff or yeah. whatever. And Firecracker's like, um, guys, <laughs> um, I can't fly. <laughs> um, I also thought it was really cool what that led to, which was the chase scene where, where Hondo's being carried by Matt in the Thunderhawk. Well, Bruce mm-hmm. specifically, but, um, yeah, but by, so we had another, so see, you can be Bruce and be the co-pilot of Thunderhawk. It's not always Gloria, but anyways, Gloria was the first time they actively, <laughs> well, this time it was Bruce, it. but he is, so you have basically you have Bruce in the, in the co-pilot in the, you know, riding shotgun in the Thunderhawk and he's doing his lifter to carry, firecracker and hondo um through the air and then you have switchblade and miles mayhem attacking them while i thought that was a cool dynamic like you're attacking the thunderhawk while it's carrying firecracker yeah it was kind of a neat thing because then obviously they use firecracker to to help out and to you know do the um whatever you want to call it the hypnotic head beams or whatever yeah the hypnotic eye beams yeah so that was cool. So I thought that was a very cool chase scene. Um, I thought it was one of the first times where we've actually had a cliffhanger, a legit cliffhanger going into a commercial break. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a torpedo headed for Dusty and Gloria, and 
it goes to commercial break as it's kind of getting near them. I know that's just classic cartoon stuff where you have something like, oh, it looks like it's going to be dangerous. Let's go to commercial, and then it turns out not to be dangerous. But we haven't seen it a lot in Mask. Usually they just kind of – it doesn't seem like I've seen this type of cliffhanger going into a commercial break. So I thought that was cool. And then staying with the torpedo, uh, I thought Sly Rax kind of showed his smarts and kind of did some smooth move there when he avoided the torpedo by kind of going up the rock a little bit and then kind of turning real quickly to the right. Yeah. And then the torpedo hit the rock. And then, of course, you had Sly and Miles both disappear into the mountain, which I thought was kind of a cool plot point um, to give a little mystery to the episode as far as, like, where did they go? How did they get there? So even though the plot was bizarre in the ultimate premise, I did think there was quite a few things that I, you know, high beams and things I liked about the episode. Let's get out of here. We'll just have to keep our fingers crossed. All right, let's turn on the low beams here. Let's not, shall we? Um, I I don't know. Uh... Scrot, Kroofs, Matt's voice when he dove into the water after the boat blew up, when he yelled out their names, he sounded so, the vo- the voice for Matt was so off. Hmm. And he wasn't even, he was, he wasn't, he didn't even dive in when he <laughs> said it. He, he was like, I don't know, taking his clothes, I don't know what he was taking his clothes off. He was doing something. And he yells their names when he hears the explosion. He, it's not, I, I could see if it was like a weird voice modulation thing or weird weird voice effect if he was like you know had a mouthful of water but he didn't yeah um uh no team assembly yet the masks are in the cars that's kind of weird because it isn't like well it had the it had the sequence for well it 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 had the sequence later but like when it's just matt and bruce oh yeah and they start they start going after venom their masks are already in their cars i didn't notice that and then um, I like how when they do do the team assembly, the chamber is half empty. But why is Alex? Why is Alex's mask there? He wasn't even in the episode, but it's in the rotator thing. I saw it. Oh, okay. It also went back to the slow animation sequence, which is terrible. Booted yep. that. I didn't yeah. notice Alex's mask. That's interesting. It was. It was there. <laughs> I, it's. It's. It's like a split second, and you miss it. But it was gotcha. there. I did see it. Um, that was. You know. We, you mentioned how you liked Bruce's use of lifter and everything else, but that was a very extended use of lifter. Yet he didn't faint this time. Yeah, it's only it's only it only drains their power when it's necessary for seven forty seven airplane. <laughs> but yeah, that should have drained it a little bit because he was definitely carrying that car for a good while. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, they blew up the Thunderhawk. No. And then instead of a PSA, they built him a new Thunderhawk. <laughs> that was very interesting. <laughs> That's the first time I've seen it where they bypassed it's the PSA, PSA to yeah. do more episode yeah. and conveniently build a clone of the Thunderhawk. Um, yeah. I'll get to that in a second. But Go ahead. That's all I got. Um, first of all, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up, but in the assembly montage when they're calling selecting the team, mm-hmm. is this the first time we've seen them reuse the exact same sequences? No. They reuse. Oh like, wait, you mean the the sequences of the situations or the, the yeah? Con- like they called uh, they called um, Dusty. Yeah, is Dusty the pizza guy? Uh, or Hondo. No, Hondo's no, teacher. Dusty. 
Dusty, the pizza guy, they yeah. called him, and it's the exact same sequence that we saw like in the first or second episode where he just drops the pizza on the floor. No, it was a different sequence. It was a different part. It, it, it was different. I swear there I mean, was two of them that were identical. It's the same type of sequence. You're right. It is the same type where he's in the pizza shop, but it's a different angle. Okay, because it almost looked like they were reusing. The, I thought it was the first time we saw reused montages there. Yeah. Um, the, um, the computer montages, just so you know, the computer montages are always the same. Where, where well, they, yeah, I know that. I'm talking about when they right, show yeah. the people getting called. Right, right, yeah. Um. I didn't know torpedoes worked like they did in this episode. Yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> um, I was fine with it until it shot out of the whirlpool vortex water thing. Yeah. It shot out perfectly fine and then like went back in the water and went after Sly. Yeah, it pulled a Yui. That was bizarre. Um, Matt, great leader that he is, they scheme up their way to solve all the problems and then he's just like all right let's get out of here and keep our fingers crossed (laughs) what no like stay and make sure you save the world please i don't (laughs) want my leaders to be like well we'll keep our fingers crossed and go back home and hope everything worked out fine (laughs) what the fuck um the ultimate low though i think for me in this episode so they put the Thunderhawk on the edge of the dish of mirrors, solar dish. Yeah. Um, then they turn it into ice, ice covering. They freeze it. Yeah. Okay. Then they let it roll down from the edge to this humongous stone statue. And when it gently rolls into the statue, the whole thing gets destroyed and blows up maybe matt had a self-destruct button somewhere i mean did they did they rig thunderhawk with bombs i was there a time they didn't show that i i i I was wondering that myself i didn't write it down but i i was wondering that myself i'm like wait a second why what is the plan here why are they just having the thunderhawk essentially teeter on the top of the solar dish Right. And it's like, what the fuck? And then they free I'm like they, they freeze it. I'm like, what the well, they hell? They froze it so it wouldn't get burned up by the heat from the from the bouncing off the mirrors. I get that part. But it's not even like first of all, even if the car was going hundred miles an hour, it wouldn't have dented that statue. Stone statue, yeah. Second of all, I mean it unless it's made out of paper mache. And second of all, it wasn't going hundred miles an hour. It was barely no. going twenty. Yeah. Like, it was gently just rolling down, like, on in neutral, down this thing of mirrors. And it, like, bumps the statue, and everything explodes. Like, I, I, I maybe well, I'm missing something. Well, did, oh, oh, okay, did the, did the car bump the statue, and then the statue knock over? No, it shouldn't have. Okay, but did it? No, they it, don't show it. They just show it running into it, and then it just shows okay. a big explosion. Because I'm trying to remember if, if it... If when Thunderhawk hit the statue... No, it doesn't knock it over. Okay, because I was going to say I was going to explain it away because if it if it knocked it over... Yeah, I could see it if it knocked it over. Like, went through the car, I could yeah, see... Yeah, but that's not what happened. It right. just gently, okay, like, no, bumped it's... it. And, and it just... That was just a terrible. That may be the worst ending we've seen all, see, all series. To, to this me. point. <laughs> like, and we saw some bad ones early on, but that just made no sense. Um... 
and then, like you said, in the PSA, the Thunderhawk is rebuilt. Yeah. Um, well, see, well, see, they start to do a PSA because, all right, it seems like Matt is starting to do a PSA because he's like, "Hey, who's under my car?" Blah blah blah. And then it's you know they they started out like it's going to be a PSA, and then it's this whole thing of me and the mass team, Dad, where we were uh, we were going to build you a new car since your other one blew up in the in the. We know you liked it, Greece. <laughs> you know, it's like. Oh, fuck. There, there was some good things about this episode that made me want to like it, but there was just some big old bad things. The low beams were, like, bright. The low beams were like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> great danger! Great danger! Great danger! Hello, what is it? We, we sailed down river. We see them! They attack! Chase us! Destroy boat! Who attacked you? I would not believe if my eyes did not see giant caterpillars. Giant caterpillars? This I'd like to see. Me too. No, Scott. You stay here with T-Bob. Let's go, Alex. Up next is the Creeping Terror. Um, so basically we start off again in the land of the unknown, and we're seeing some weird underground creature things that we don't know what they are yet. Then we go to some natives rowing down a river, and we know that we're somewhere in South America, Central America. And the vegetation, trees, grass are gone. The natives discover it, and they're like, whoa, what's going on here? And then these creatures start coming towards them, and they're eating everything. So they take off running to try to warn somebody about these creeping terrors. Um, meanwhile, we zoom to Scott and T-Bob in the jungle for some reason. Scott and T-Bomber in the jungle. Apparently Mask must be taking another vacation to the jungle. Because it worked so well last time we were here when we found dinosaurs. Um, So apparently they they explained this away because Matt was checking up on a hospital that his millions of dollars of money helped build. And he brought Alex with him. um, Because they knew that they were going to come across an animal situation. Um, (laughs) The natives come and warm the village. And they're saying, like, Hey, there's some giant caterpillars. So apparently we figure out that they were caterpillars. Um, So Matt takes on the task of finding El Giant Caterpillars Creeping Terrors. Um, And they discover some eggs, some very large eggs. And Alex uses his expertise, thank God he was on this vacation with Matt, to discover that the eggs are genetically altered. That's why they're so big. And then out of nowhere... Uh, we figure we find Cliff Dagger hiding in some type of invisible shield behind a wall type thing. Yeah. And he decides to blow his cover and start shooting at Mask. Um, and then basically drives away. Um, so the Mask team is assembled, and we have our Mask Venom showdown. And during it, uh, Vanessa's up in taking some pictures and we're not quite sure what she's taking pictures of and then Venom kind of leaves um, abruptly. And then we find that Hondo, Scott, and T-Bob are trapped by the caterpillars in the firecracker. I believe. No, not the firecracker. Um, the other car. Thunderhawk. No, not no, not that. Um, they were hey, trapped oh. in the little Jeep thing. Um, but they were trapped by the caterpillars. And they're getting shook all around and whatnot, and they eventually have to throw the coconuts out so that the 
guys leave them alone. Um, Mass finds out that there's a pictograph that kind of points to a power source, which is a giant crystal. This is all new coming into the episode here. we got giant crystals now. Um, the giant crystal, like Miles has a piece of it, puts it in there. He's like, oh, this is, this is a great power source. And to turn it on, I put this little crystal into this giant crystal. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to do it. And then it's like the whole place is about to explode. So because they're like, oh, that was a bad idea, it seems like it's going to explode. We're going to get out of here. So they leave, and Mask is trapped inside with the crystal. Luckily, so are the caterpillars, and the caterpillars eat the crystal. Um, and then the vehicles blast their way free, and everybody lives happily ever after. We had a four-on-four mission this time. Matt, Alex, Hondo, and Brad against the four Venom members. So what are your thoughts about this plot, sir? This is... Oh, my God. This is just so fucking stupid. I was wondering for a while. I was confused because we had a similar episode with the... I mean, this is somewhat comparable to the Rotex. I'm not saying it's as good or as bad or whatever. It's not, like, same quality. But the same type of situation where we're dealing with, like, some nature, you know, some animal or insect that's kind of going crazy. Right. And and for a long time, I was like, so is Venom going to be showing up and they're going to be controlling the caterpillars? But apparently, these caterpillars have nothing to do with Venom. Not at all. Like, no. Venom's not in control of them. They didn't know about them, really. They're not doing anything. I don't know why Cliff Dagger was hiding behind them at one point. Um, but they don't really seem to have too much of it. They, they hardly even talk about the caterpillars. Um, and so for a while, I was confused as to what was going on in this episode. Like, how Venom worked into it until all of a sudden they did the whole crystal thing. Which yeah. is kind of out of left field and kind of like two thirds of the way through the episode. Um, so that was kind of a weird thing to like transition. This is why Venom's actually here. Um, you don't like creepy things, do you? No, I don't. And at first, like, so many people do. Shut up. <laughs> um, when I when when they first showed the creatures in like in like in the very beginning of the episode, um. And they showed them hatching out of the eggs in the cavern. It was like bright green eyes. I thought it was going to be an Aliens episode. I honestly did. They were cool in the way they were designed and the look of them for this type of environment. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought they did look creepy. They did look big. They did look, you know, as a kid, I could imagine seeing those and being creeped out. Yeah. And, you know, the big, huge eggs and them eating everything. Um, so, like, they did a good job with them. Um, I just don't know. Like it seemed not smooth and natural the way Venom is is playing a whole part in this episode. Yeah, not at all. Friendly chap, wouldn't you say? You two seem to be getting along quite well. I should hope so. Back in the states, I own an exotic pet store. Hey, stop that! My head is not a trash can. <laughs> it's time to turn on the high beams and you're just going to kill me for this I think <laughs> we're positive folks we're positive don't, was, don't blink you'll miss it when I was watching <laughs> shut up when I was watching the episode I don't know what it was like I don't care for the episode it's not my like I don't hate it but I just don't just don't care for it overall um, but as I was watching it, I found myself more intrigued with where the hell the whole plot with the caterpillars was going to go, and then it went nowhere. 
My only high beam, because it was the only one I wrote down, I guess I got lost in watching the episode. Uh, I can actually... This is where, you, this is where your brain's going to break, Kevin. Oh. Can I actually sympathize with T-Bob? Monkeys are evil. I hate them. Because in the beginning, the monkey was crawling all over T-Bob. He's like, ah, get it off, get it off. The monkey was crawling over him. Yeah. That was when those bunch of like little miniature caterpillars dropped down on him. No, wasn't it the monkey? No, it was little caterpillars. No, it was the monkey, I think. I know for a fact little caterpillars dropped on and freaked Right, out. but I could have sworn it was also the monkey. I think you're, I think you're revisionist history or something here. Um, but that's all I get. That's all I remember. My high beam is the monkey. <laughs> that's my favorite character in the episode. Alex's <laughs> monkey was hilarious. He put the banana on Alex's head. He's, he was dropping coconuts on people. He was, I like the monkey. Um, so that was a good thing about this episode. <laughs> the only other thing I could come up with was I guess we learned that Spectrum is the most powerful mask because at one point Matt's like, you idiots, if my mask doesn't work, none of yours are going to. Like, apparently, I don't know. I don't know if he just has an ego there or if Spectrum is like the end all be all. And if there's no Spectrum, nothing else is going to work, I guess. Because he does say that line. He's like, you guys can stop trying your stuff. Mine didn't work. Mm. I don't know. So we learned something. That's positive. But uh, yeah, the monkey. Monkey was cool in this episode. I don't know who you are, but don't come back. I don't think they'll poke their noses around here for a long while. It's time to turn on the low beams. I guess I'll let you go first in this one. <laughs> well, first, let me correct myself because I kept saying Cliff Dagger was the one that that was driving. Um, Slyrax. It was, it was Slyrax, um, which is why I didn't like it because Sly kind of seems like the smartest of the group almost to me. Yeah. And, and he's like hiding behind the caterpillars, and then he starts shooting at Matt and uh, Alex, and then Matt and Alex leave or whatever, and and Sly's like. They go to Sly, and he's like, well, I don't know who you guys are, but you're going to pay. What? <laughs> you shot at them. You know who they are. Yeah. You shot at them because it was Mask. Like, yeah. why would you right after that be like, I don't know who you guys are. Like, no, Sly, you're, you're the smart one of the group. Have some consistent writing here, people. Um, I've And I know it was Caterpillars that dropped down on T-Bob at one point because I've never seen that. I have a note here, low beam. I've never seen that many caterpillars at once. We're not talking about the huge, giant, like, creeping tears here. Right, we're talking about regular caterpillars. Regular caterpillars. There was literally, like, 20 or 30 of them that dropped down on T-Bob. Yep. Like, that's never happened in nature, I'm pretty sure. Um, boo to the lack of, of, of scenes when the team is assembled. Yeah. They just name, first of all, it's the shortest assembly ever because it's two people. Yeah, they call off Hondo and they call off Brad, and they do not show what those guys are doing. Yeah, it's just they called those two, and and teams assembled. And what I've been waiting for here this whole time, because we've had like three or four episodes where already one member is with Matt. This for the first time, the computer does not select Alex. That's what I was gonna say. One of my, my second low beam is. So wait, does Alex have to go home since he wasn't selected? <laughs> he is not supposed to be in this episode. Damn it! Every other time they've remembered to at least. 
signal to whoever is already there. They at least say the name. They don't show. They've been good because they don't show a montage scene or what I, I call it montage. It's a horrible use of that word. That's not the right word. But but uh, but you know they show a little scene as to what those people are doing, and at least they have been good at skipping it when the person's there. But they still say the name. Alex, you should not have been in this episode. You are not authorized. <laughs> um, so that was a, a low beam. Um, we had been doing so well for a few episodes here, probably you know a handful of episodes, almost, I don't know, four or five episodes where Scott and T-Bob were naturally included in the, in the stories. Oh. And then we fell back this episode, and we have them just hitching a ride in the back of one of the vehicles. Yeah. In, in the back of Hondo's vehicle. That was dumb. That was very dumb, yes. Not only was that dumb, but out of nowhere, Hondo, Scott, and T-Bob in that vehicle get trapped by the Caterpillars. Like, that made no fucking sense. They are ginormous, creeping terrors. You're going to see them coming, and for you to somehow let them do the only possible thing that could trap you, which is all three of them cornering you in the middle of the three of them, like, you're in a vehicle, you would have driven away before that happened. Yeah. And they don't even show them getting trapped. It's like, they show Vanessa, and she's talking to Miles, and they're like, oh, they're not going anywhere. And then it, like, zooms down, and they're trapped by these caterpillars. Like, how did that happen? Boo. And then mm. I have in big, bold capital letters, this is not the last one, but big, bold capital letters. I don't know who animated, who drew, who wrote this episode, and where they grew up and what kind of food they ate. But those are not coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> those are the worst representations of coconuts I have ever seen in my life. They looked, first of all, they're white. They looked like something out of Super Mario World 2. Yeah. Um, you mean Super Mario Brothers 2? Super Mario Brothers 2. It yeah. looked like one of those, like, whatever those vegetables vegetable things are it was not a coconut bad like what are you teaching our kids um maybe it was an inside out coconut where the (laughs) white cream is on the outside and the the brown stuff's on the inside it's just weird though it wasn't even like a coconut shell yeah the coconuts are round and like they are almost like fuzzy like stringy on the outside round fuzzy brown things yeah these had like i don't know i can't even explain it maybe i should get they almost look like turnips yeah they look like turnips um why is the inside of Rhino the size of a, a house? <laughs> at one point, they're inside a Rhino because obviously they're not in the U.S., so they're not, you know, at, at mask headquarters. Or, and they're all – it's inside Rhino. There's literally, like, the whole team is in there on the computer, and they're, like, not just hunched over looking at – like, they're spread out like they're in a house. Yeah. Like, how big is the inside of Rhino? It's it can't be that big. I know they're using it. To, I know they're animating it to use it to exaggerate how many team. But but even in because I've I've watched like like ice road truckers and and stuff <laughs> like that. No seriously, I've watched trucking shows where they where, where even those truckers that have you know giant cabs that they allow them that you know the cab is big enough where it you know gives them a bed a desk and everything else. Even that isn't that damn big. It was huge. This scene was the worst I've seen it. Where it's like yeah freaking huge. Um. I have a big problem with the amount of stupidity that's going on in Venom in this episode. Yes. Let's stick this crystal in here, even though we have no way to control it and we don't know how it works or what's going to happen. We just know it's powerful. You're idiots. All of you. 
Like, yep. that, that made no sense. Like, there was no plan. At least with Lightning Bolt Zeus, they're like, we are going to shoot lasers at people. Like, we will build this, and we will have the capability of shooting lasers at people. This yeah. one, it was like, oh, an old myth story thing says if you put, an inscription says if you put this little crystal in the big crystal, it's like the ultimate power source. We don't know how to harness that or what's going to happen when we do that, so let's try it. <laughs> Underground in, like, a cave. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, our tied-up with a bow moment for this episode was the at the end, the caterpillars are, go into their cocoon, and the convenient way to, like, put this story to rest was, oh, don't worry, they're going to be asleep for a few centuries because they're so large. What? So a few centuries from now, when human civilization is gone... Uh, the fuckers are going to rule the world. Giant-ass butterflies are going to rule the world. Giant butterflies. Mothra, you ain't seen nothing. <laughs> that was very convenient that they're just like, we'll just throw in a line that they're going to be asleep for centuries and nobody will need to worry about them. Yep. Boo. Somebody remake Mask and have these motherfucking butterflies in it. <laughs> 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 what are your little um, put that in the movie dang it giant genetically altered caterpillars really I want butterflies in a mask movie people rewrite uh, the script Sorry. 8 by 10 in wallet size oh <laughs> bad joke as hot as Vanessa is that was a bad fucking joke it was I agree we just talked about the plot, but one of my notes was, so Venom's whole plot was to go after a power source that was uncontrollable. <laughs> There's a difference between going after and harnessing and, un- like, like um, again, referencing another 80s property going to Transformers. When Megatron was mining the ruby crystals of Burma, he was going after this power source that could be harnessed into a weapon, not just put crystal here and then everything blows up afterwards. Put crystal here and then we will play it by ear to see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, a wing and a prayer. <laughs> oh God. Uh, the, the PSA. Oh, I forgot about the PSA. It is a good message <laughs> about wearing bright clothing at night, especially if you're, Riding a bike. It is a good message. But T Bob's. Well, you're on the wrong one, but that's okay. No, I'm not, am I? Yeah. The PSA for this one was riding on bike handlebars. Oh. Oh! Yeah. (laughs) No, 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 no. I was. No, I I, I was. Okay, yeah, no. Um, uh, At least it was a PSA this time. Yeah, but the. God. Don't you ever do that again, Scotty. Yeah, T Bob should not be riding on your handlebars because you will not be able to see and you will crash. But T Bob did did make a shitty joke at the end though. That was a pretty dumb joke. Yeah. Um. But no. But it's like that's a PSA it, that nobody ever listened to because nobody. Yeah, nobody ever. I I I I I'd never done this, but all of my friends <laughs> that that rode bikes and everything else, everybody always hung off the handlebars or sat on the handlebars or hell, I even had a few friends that stood on handlebars while the bike was riding around. Yeah. You know, I mean, no one listened to that shit. It was, it was, and it, at least it was a legit PSA that I could see parents being like, we want this message out. Tell them not to ride on bike handlebars. You know, at least it made sense. 
For a while, I thought they were just like they're running out of stuff to tell people about. That we, I was waiting for our third jaywalking one. <laughs> <laughs> Damn creativity! Come on, people. Matt, Venom just delivered a ransom demand for the Statue of Liberty. That figures. The terms? Unless we deliver three billion dollars within three hours, they'll blow up the real statue and broadcast it to the whole world. We'll be there. And finally up today is Assault on Liberty. Take it away. All right, Assault on Liberty. Um, (laughs) First of all, we start off in New York. We are not in Greece. We are not in Colombia or wherever the hell we were last episode. We are in freaking New York. All right. There's a magician that is putting a trick and making the Statue of Liberty disappear. Trick goes bad, though, because he can't seem to bring it back, and he gets arrested. Um, Matt suspects foul play, and he meets with uh, who I'm assuming is, like, the mayor of, of New York. Um, I think it was, like, then, a police commissioner, FBI something. agent, something like that. And then, and then all of a sudden, the statue shows up in Iowa, or so it is broadcast on TV. So we assemble masked team, and let's go investigate what the frick is going on so they go to iowa which is a big trap venom shows up and we have our mask venom showdown um venom retreats and again rather abruptly because they've set a trap for mask for once venom is using the hologram technology to their advantage yeah and then we understand the whole plot kind of comes in as miles makes a ransom for the statue of liberty basically he wants three billion dollars or he is going to destroy the statue of liberty and broadcast it to the whole country so, Mask then has to start searching for, they basically have three hours, and they start searching for both Venom and the statue, and possibly bombs, since they, they're threatening to blow up the Statue of Liberty. Um, so they kind of split off into two different groups. Um, and Bruce and, and uh, uh, who was it, Dusty or Buddy? One uh, of the two, I forget. Um, show, they end up somehow inside the statue. Um, yeah. And then Gloria has to use her or, uh, mask to hold a force field basically around the Statue of Liberty while the team does their work. Um, and eventually they kind of use some teamwork to get the bombs off of the Statue of Liberty and, and in Miles' lap, in, basically. So Mask saves the day, and then Scott does some magic tricks at the end. Which wasn't the PSA. It kind of seemed like it was, but that was the end of the episode. And then they did the PSA afterwards, which is what Mike was talking about before with the wear yeah. bright clothes at, in the dark, and we'll get to that later. Um It was a four-on-five mission, the four regular Venom agents, and then we had Matt, Bruce, Dusty, Buddy, and Gloria. So it was a five-on-four. That's what I meant. Um, What are your thoughts on the plot of this one? Well, you said... (laughs) Because we... Just to let everybody know, because we pre-record these episodes, you had said um, in episode five... That um, when I or when you read off the title for the, for this episode, you're like, that better have something to do with the United States. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> and you kind of called it. The, the one thing that I call into question here about the plot is, I, I I've never really paid attention to Matt. Like I've watched magic shows, I've seen magic stuff on TV and everything else. I've seen magicians, I've seen illusionists, stuff like that. But I have never seen. A magician or illusionist allowed to make <laughs> a national treasure disappear. You've never met David Copperfield. Oh, never met the guy. But... <laughs> Who's the other guy? Magic? 
Chris Angel, Chris Freak, Chris Mind Freak. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, like, seriously, really, they're gonna. David Copperfield, I think, made like the whole world disappear once. You just missed it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously. I mean, even though there were cops around and stuff like that, you know, there was security. Why would you do a trick like this? Well, first I, of all, you'd do it. In I the real world, you'd let them do a trick because you know it's impossible. Uh, In cartoon world, the impossible becomes possible. Quote me on that, folks. Uh, I, you know, as far as the plot goes, I did like Venom's misdirection and stuff like that as far as, oh, hey, it's in the middle of bumfuck Iowa. And... I don't know if it's because it came after Creeping Caterpillars, um, <laughs> but this plot just seems like amazing to me after that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> There's not, it's not because it's like a, a outstanding, ridiculously um, creative plot. It's because it didn't suck. It didn't have plot holes. It didn't have major errors and bad things in it. So that it to me, it didn't have major wait. errors, but it did have a few minor errors. That yeah, I but I mean, it doesn't have this stuff yeah. like, why is Venom doing this? Or yeah. you know, let's conveniently do this. Like it, it did stuff right. It didn't do anything like, like spectacular, but it did it right. Select probable coordinates for Venom hideout. Insufficient data. Try again. Hmm. Mayhem's ego wouldn't risk getting caught down on that subway tunnel. But Mayhem's ego would pick the biggest and tallest. Scan the World Trade Center towers. Let's turn the high beams on. What do you got? I got them on bright. Um, finally, back in the good old U.S. of A. <laughs> I appreciate a story in our own country where Mask and Venom are stationed. So that was cool. Um, thought it was funny. When the magician told everybody to cross their fingers, and T Bob's like, What? <laughs> I don't have any fingers. And so he crosses his eyes instead. Um, I, I liked the Energize of Mask Energize segment this time much better than the slow version that we've had some other times. It was probably one of the best ones we've seen. Um, here's just one of my biggest highlights. Uh, you hardly ever get to see this in cartoons, especially in the 80s. The lasers actually busted the windshield mm-hmm. lasers actually did damage we have a direct hit we have holes in windshield folks we have this is like unprecedented like stop the presses did parents not watch this episode and, and raise holy hell <laughs> um so that was awesome to see i i thought there was a couple cool things about this episode first of all mask for once fell for their own tricks they fell for the hologram yeah and i was this episode actually had me baffled for a second. I had actually already written down something because Matt has just been talking to whoever that was, the commissioner guy, whatever. He's talking to him and he's like, I'd put money on it that this thing is still in New York Harbor. And then it's like, boom, it's in Iowa. You're an idiot, Matt. And I was like, even writing down like, Oh really? It's still in New York Harbor, Matt. I fell for it too. <laughs> because then they go to Iowa and it is a hologram of, of the statue. So they fell for it for once. I thought that was excellent. Um, I thought it was cool that they synchronized their watches. That's the first time I think we've seen that where they, they all synchronized their watches in a three hour countdown. Yeah. And I thought it was cool. Not only because they did that because you know, the watches is, is what they get called on. You know, when the mask team is assembled, each of their watches goes off. 
but we've hardly ever seen the watch used in any other way. And for once, they all synchronized it together, and we got the watches like as a key component of this episode. Stop taking my notes, damn it. Um, so that was awesome. Yeah. I loved when the computer shot down Matt. Like, this is not an omnipotent, all-knowing, problem-solving computer. It has limitations, and Matt's like... I can't remember what the actual question is, but they, but but he asked him something, and the and the the mass computer lady's like, we don't have enough information to answer that question. Yeah, <laughs> like insufficient, no, in, in, insufficient data. Sorry, buddy. Um, I thought that was hilarious. And how about the World Trade Center reference? Yeah, that was. Uh, I thought it was cool. It, it was cool. It's always weird. Yeah. Going back and watching stuff before. It's almost like historic, though, because it it is. Uh, no, I'm saying because you're you're never going to be able to find another cartoon that references that. Like no. only cartoons that obviously that were before 2001 would even have a chance to reference it, and I haven't seen it very often. I mean, I know there's other ones that do, but it's almost like, man, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, also, thought it was like watching. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say it's kind of like watching um, Trading Places from '83 with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. The towers are in that. It's kind of like watching Armageddon. Yeah. Towers are the towers are most shown in that I mean that's probably the best time I've ever seen the towers is essentially where it's, you know, sunset and the towers and the sun is behind them and it's just, you know, essentially gleaming on them. But yeah, I mean, you know, obviously cartoons beyond 2001 you're not going to see it and it, I don't know, it just kind of It's interesting. Yeah. Um I thought it was a very cool twist how um, Bruce and uh, Dusty, your buddy, ended up inside the statue. Yeah, was like, I, didn't, cool I didn't see that coming at first. And they're like, wait a second, we're in the statue. Um, did you catch, I swear I'm not losing my mind, did you catch the Mission Impossible music? No. <laughs> they have their watches synchronized and they're like looking for bombs and trying to like get the bombs off. And at one point it does the, it's like the dun, 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 dun. dun. Yeah. Like it does that. I swear to God, it does that. Um, I'll have to like get a timestamp, but it does it when the, when the statue comes up from underground, like oh, when okay. they raise the statue up, listen for it. If you ever, if anybody's ever watching in this episode again, I swear that's what it was. Um, I do. I just, this isn't a high, really a high beam, but uh, mass needs to invest in some energizer batteries. Yeah, because <laughs> those things keep going and going. Um, Gloria had some problems. She was she was running low on juice. Um, there's a million ways I could go with that, but <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of cool things that we've never seen before. I, I like mass falling for the holograms, the synchronized watches, them showing up in the statue, um, the computer for once not providing the answers that Matt was looking for. That's what happens when you come back to the good old USA of a, You get some good stuff. What do you have? <laughs> that I didn't already talk about. One thing you you missed um, <laughs> when they assembled the team, Bruce broke his toy. <laughs> yeah, he did do that. <laughs> um, this is one too that Gloria like finishes like a foot away from the finish line. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It almost causes like eight teams. No, she does call, cause like an eight car pileup on the racetrack. Yeah. She's like, I, I'm a. I love it that these people are like in a like not really superhero but like uh you know this power of good they're like in this good task force and when they get called they do the shadiest stuff ever like she could have caused like six deaths 
Now see, if she would have, instead of just stopping and pulling a Yui and turning around and making that accident, she could have just zoomed past the finish line and then just drove around the rest of the track or right. flown off, you know, I, I well... I mean, come I on, we got people they, dropping pizza crusts, we have people leaving yeah. uh, unattended classrooms, we have people causing pile-ups. <laughs> what kind of superheroes are you guys? Uh, as far as the PSA, it is a definite good message to wear bright clothing at night. I know, no, seriously, because, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, especially, you know, combining what I, what I was thinking of saying earlier with the, uh, with the other message about the bikes. Um, when you're riding your bike at night or when you're just walking at night, especially if you're, you know, if there's no sidewalk, if the city decides, hey, we're not going to put a sidewalk on this 20 block radius. You know, and you have to walk mm. like on like the the edge of the road. It is it is a good message to wear bright clothing at night so people can actually see you. Yeah, I, I didn't know where they were going with it at first. Pay attention to people. Yeah, I didn't know where they were going with it at first because it was yeah. just gotten a creepy like magician's outfit. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to be like you know pull out the molestation card again and being like you're going to go get molested by people in the streets. No, luckily they didn't do that. Um, yeah, it was a good PSA. We actually had a couple PSAs besides the first episode that didn't have one. We actually had some legit ones this week, so that was nice. Wait, uh, something's wrong. It's not supposed to be like this. What's going on? Hey, boss, it's really good. What? Let's get moving. My name is Wondro, and this is all a big mistake. Yeah, and you made it. Is uh, this part of the show? T-Bob, it's all your fault. You're supposed to cross your fingers, not your eyes. Now it's time to turn on the low beams. All right, so in the very beginning, when they're doing the magician's trick and everything else, and everyone goes to clap, the animation on Scott's hands clapping it sucks it looks like his fingers are moving in it's look it looks like his flesh is going inside of each other the animation is so fucking bad excellent it's it's not about scott himself it's just about the motion of it of of the hand clapping and the fact that it looks like the hands are passing through each other they didn't do good hand clapping with matt earlier on in the series either so they didn't know how to do hand clapping in this yeah um again this is another one you're gonna be shocked because it's it's me. Uh, okay, I never come to T Bob's defense, but Scott is being such a dick. T Bob was a douchebag. Scott T Bob does not have fingers. He has oven mitts for hands. <laughs> He's like the freaking uh, what's the oven mitt character? Uh, oh, hamburger God. helper guy. Oh yeah, hey yeah, hamburger helper. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, that was the first thing I wrote down. I was like, Scott blaming T Bob. What did Scott just turn into a five year old again? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what a five-year-old would do. Like, oh, it's your fault. You didn't cross your fingers. Like, no, yeah. Scott's older and more, a little more mature than that. Yeah. Um, another animation error I noticed, I don't know if you noticed, it was a huge glitch, is when Matt is flying through the city in Thunderhawk and he's giving, he's, he's delegating the tasks over the radios, it shows him in Thunderhawk and then, like, right in front of where a building should be, it shows him in, like, a video game form. I actually have a screen cap of this. I'll, I'll show it to you after the after hmm. the podcast. But it shows him, like, you know, just a regular passing by image of, of the animation cell. 
And then within the animation sh- cell, it's like a horribly, horribly video. Like he almost looked like a Mario Matt. Seriously, interesting. It, it was just so weird to see that. No, I missed that. Uh, biggest and the tallest, the World Trade Center. I thought Empire was bigger in New York. Well, they needed two. I don't know. <laughs> right? No, I, 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 I don't know. That. I mean, it, I mean, it's not really a low beam on my part. It's more of a question because yeah. I thought that. At least here in the U.S., Empire was the tallest at 102 feet, or 102 stories. I'm sorry. Yeah, not 102 feet. No, 102. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was too. Um, yeah, I didn't notice that. Good pickup. Uh, Good observation. Yes, this makes twice that the switchblade has been blown up. When the Thunderhawk got blown up, they even stated that they built a new one. So, what about the switchblade? Um. This series of episodes that we covered today yeah. was not friendly with vehicles. No, not at all. Thunderhawk got exploded. <laughs> yeah. Um, the whatchamacallit had the, the, the windshield damage today. Yeah. Uh, Switchblade got destroyed. Yeah. Cliff's, uh, Cliff Dagger's car got destroyed in this episode. Yep. I mean, and... Uh, um, Sly Rax's uh, little motorcycle water, motorcycle thing when it was in the water got it hit got by a torpedo. Yeah. So there was not good day to be a vehicle. But I don't know what, what happens to all these other vehicles because at least they mentioned that they rebuilt Thunderhawk. Yeah. I almost missed the PSA in this one, though. <laughs> Even though it was in my high beams already, I swear I almost missed it because I, w- I, was, I, was, ready to tr- I was ready to go to the next episode and... To, to watch episode 15 for the next podcast because as soon as I was like, oh, hell no, they're not going to have a PSA with magician fucking Scott. you got to be <laughs> kidding me. At least his trick didn't work. <laughs> At least Tiva broke it. What do you got for low beams? Um, same thing for you, Scott blaming T-Bob. Um, I thought this episode did highlight some of the poor voice acting again, mm. um, especially the scene with Matt talking to that commissioner guy. Yeah. Whoever's voicing that commissioner guy needed to get a new job. Um, <laughs> I I had a couple things written down that I had to take away. Like I had like Matt, you're an idiot because it's not in New York Harbor anymore. After you just made that whole long speech about oh it's in New York Harbor and then it shows up in Iowa, I was like oh you're an idiot. But no, that was me being an idiot. Um, <laughs> and then I had another note down that I had to take back because they set their watches for three hours. And then all of a sudden they had like 15 minutes left. Yeah. And I was like. Wow, that went fast. But I actually went back when I was grabbing some uh, pictures and clips and stuff. And uh, I think Bruce actually mentions, he says, three hours, that'll hardly be enough time for us to just get to New York. Yeah. So they actually explained the time. So this is more like a high beam. They actually explained the time away and why it made sense then that there was only 15 minutes left when they got there. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. What the fuck happened to that torpedo? <laughs> <laughs> two times we've had two different low beam torpedoes today did the torpedo turn into like you know how okay i it's my fault this time guys fourth uh, transformers reference you know when megatron and optimus are fighting on the bridge in season one and they like all of a sudden pull these axes like these colored laser like yep. axes out the of energy their energy axe and the energy mace yeah yep. the energy axe and the energy mace did the torpedo just become an energy javelin <laughs> apparently so the torpedo turns into this energy thing like a pink energy substance that looks like a sword or a javelin. And then it comes out of the sky and hits Sly's uh, vehicle. Yeah. It is, it is submarine. Or, yeah. What the fuck was that? I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know, but that just led me to the other point you said. So all of Venom's vehicles have been destroyed in this episode. Does that mean that the series is over? <laughs> Did Mask win? They destroyed Switchblade, and they destroyed both Sly and Cliff's vehicles. Well, Vanessa still has hers. So it's just Mask against Vanessa? I'm down for that. I can watch that. Uh, wow. <laughs> Just kidding. If you if you take Gloria out of that equation, that's like a six on one gangbang. We just went not rated G, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe G. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I, it was a bad day to be machines, and especially when energetic javelins are being thrown at you. Mask will be right back, and so will Venom. You can now hear the GeekCast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free use and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear GeekCast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy, just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter GeekCast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you and your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand, no syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code GeekCast Radio when you register. The bird of prey has not only wings for flying, but feet for lifting. Dig not with the hands when the shovel lies waiting. Ah, Bruce, holy cow. He just means that whatever Venom is up to, Solaria Park must be involved. What happened to the bad guys? They lose their nerve? The farther the water goes out, the bigger the wave that returns. Right. Keep on your toes, everyone. They're up to something. 2012 marks the 30th anniversary for Masters of the Universe. We here at the GCRN are celebrating with a brand new series of podcasts. The Powers of Grayskull series will cover every episode of every MOTU cartoon. Yes, even that crappy new adventure stuff. Join Optimus Solo and TF2 and Mike as they tell tales of Eternia, discover the myths of Etheria, become masters in space, and finally masters of Grayskull. You can find the Pogs podcasts in iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Good journey! Man the boats! Robots and children first! Wait! An object need not look like a fish or smell like one. Say what? Clever bird feigns distress to conceal her real nest. Come again, good buddy? That's it, of course. Bruce means that Venom deliberately lured us here. Oh, I see. This is the non-ear-bleeding version of T-Bob. Hmm, I don't rate by performance fuel. Look out! This is the ear-bleeding version. Ow, my ears. If you ask me, it's for the birds. The movie we can review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to M-Wire only.
only on geekcastradio.com. Now back to math. All right, hopefully you enjoyed those words of wisdom from none other than Bruce Sato. Um, we talked about the PSAs a little bit, but uh, you also got to hear a special clip done by <laughs> TFG One Bob. No. Um, with T Bob's voices. And I think my suspicions are correct with this. I would almost put money on it based on the uh, high level of voice acting the series has that uh, <laughs> I'm joking people. Um, I would almost guarantee and put money on it that that is the same voice actor doing the voice of T-Bob who is just not good at consistently doing the same voice. Right. But you see what I'm saying about yeah, it. One of being... them has a little bit more. Um, uh... It has a little more low. Like it's well, one's a little here. bit lower and one has one accents the yeah. like um, when your voice breaks. Yeah. You know, like when you're going through puberty, um, there's a word for that. But one of them accents those like little trills and and whatnot. Yeah. To a kind of an annoying point, whereas the other one just kind of is more subdued. Um, it's just very inconsistent voice acting. Yeah, it is very much so. So my overall thoughts on these. Yes. Um, let's start with the beginning, I guess. Um, with Solaria Park. There was so much to like in that episode as far as like high highlights and stuff. Yeah. I thought there was a good amount of comedy. I thought there was some stuff that we'd never seen before as far as, you know, not just giving us the same old every time they were reinventing some chase scenes with, you know, the Thunderhawk carrying the firecracker, etc. There was some good stuff here. All wrapped in a plot that makes no fucking sense. Yep. So that's my problem with Solaria Park. The difference between that and the Creeping Terror is the Creeping Terror also has a plot that really makes no sense. But it doesn't have any of the good stuff that Slary Park had. No, not at all. Um, you have... They did well. They did a good job with the animation and the look of the Caterpillars, I think. I think that was fine and everything. But, you know, there's a disconnect as to what the Caterpillars have to do with anything. Why is Venom involved? Then we have the giant crystal that nobody knows and Venom just decides to use anyways. Um, we have the caterpillars going into cocoon for centuries or whatever afterwards. You have the nice little, oh, the caterpillars are just going to eat the crystal and that will solve all our problems. Um, there was, and there's, they didn't even pay attention to details either. Like we said, Alex wasn't chosen for that episode. Um, Sly Rax becoming an idiot when he's usually the smarter one of the group. Um, Hondo and the kids getting trapped by the caterpillars for no reason. The kids being involved in this in any way, shape, or form, they should not have been here. They should not have been hitching a ride. That's dumb. That's yeah. forced. Coconuts that don't look like coconuts. That goes back to the detail spots. It's just a bad episode. There's nothing redeeming except for Alex's monkey. <laughs> um, and then to go back to Assault on Liberty... We actually have a plot that somewhat makes sense. I know it's been the whole ransom thing is kind of apparently what Venom is always going to do. They're not trying to, um, you know, some some evil organizations have certain uh, things that they want to do. Venom just wants money. Yep. Like we've seen ransom after ransom, so that's what they're in. So I can I can accept that. Like that's the type of bad organization they are. They just want money. Um, it's kind of like uh, you know, Big Boss and cops. He. They just want to steal things and have money. They don't. It doesn't seem like they really necessarily want to like t- 
take over the world. I mean, I guess if you have all the money, you kind of take over. But so I can get that. You know, we're in the U.S. There's there's cool stuff going on here with the holograms and then the, you think you know what's going on. And they, they did. They, they fooled me twice in this episode. So yeah. I'll give any cartoon credit for that from the 80s. It's going to actually fool me and have me thinking it's one thing rather than another. Yeah. Um, you know, cool when they showed up in the statue. Damage to the vehicles was cool. Um, so I really liked Assault on Liberty. Yeah, I would my... say Assault on Liberty is the best one of this of this uh, three for. I would have liked Solaria Park if if all that good stuff was wrapped in a better plot. Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, Solaria Park was just as we already said. There really was there was a plot, but it was just poorly executed. Uh, uh, creeping terror. I mean, the title is so awesome. I expected the episode to Capitals be... Capitals were awesome. The title was awesome. Well, the title was awesome, but I thought the episode was going to be as awesome as the title, and for me, it just wasn't. No. Uh, it, it, it just wasn't at all. And, and as, as you said, Assault and Liberty had so much good stuff, uh, and it's your general 80s villain ransom episode. So what do you give uh, episode uh, 12, Solaria Park? Like I said, there was... I can't completely bash it because there was a lot of good little parts to it the details mm-hmm. were good it just was a terrible plot so i'm gonna just put it right in the middle at a two and a half okay uh, i'm gonna give it a three uh i i enjoyed it uh for the most part even though i have little nitpicks here and there um but it wasn't like oh my god get this episode over right now yeah what about uh creeping terror what are you gonna give that i'll go ahead and give my first one of these that's a zero that was a Same shitty here. ass episode. Same here. Zero out of five masks. Yeah. Fucking worst episode probably we will see in the entire series. <laughs> I don't know. That's the first one we've both given a zero to. Yeah. It's not the first one I've given a zero to, but it's the first one you have and it's the yeah. first one we both have, yes. Uh episode fourteen, Ass on Liberty. The Ass on Liberty was good. Um <laughs> I, I will give this one I still I'm not ready to give a five yet, but I will give this one a, a, a strong four. Same here. Four out of five, because it was so, like, like watching Assault on Liberty, like, following up Creeping Terror was so much better than Creeping Terror. This is what you want in your 80s. This is, Assault on Liberty, I'm not saying this, because, Assault on Liberty was the perfect episode to sell toys. Yes. That, if... If you believe in the whole thing that all cartoons are is a, is a commercial bullshit, like I know that there's part of that that plays into it, but this was the perfect one because it just featured in the U.S., which is, is I think it's key here because then people can relate to it. They're seeing New York, they're seeing you know stuff that they know. Right. It's showing all the vehicles, showcasing them. They're getting damaged. They're doing this different stuff. It's showing the different masks doing stuff. It, it, it did a good job of saying, "Man, I want." I want that vehicle so I can play with it. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree, yeah. And um, I haven't noticed that in any... Like, this is just your prototypical good, solid episode that makes you want to go buy the stuff that's in it. Yep, most definitely. Uh, now, just to give you guys a little preview as to what happens on geekcastradio.com... If you're not in the know... <laughs> yes, if you're not in the know... Um, <laughs> you get over there because we're having discussions and debates over there. Yes, yes, we are. Uh, <laughs> we 
are, as I said before, during during one of the episodes, we pre-record these. So uh, by the time this goes up, I'm sure we will have many more comments. Right. After after <laughs> this but episode. If you're not in on the comment fun, because right now yes. it's basically like four or five of us, um, you need to join us because we're having some fun here. Yes. Uh, do we want to read? I, I have one and you have the others. I have the one from uh, from Rook who left us the iTunes review. He actually wrote in on uh, episode three. Do we want to read the entire comment or do you want me to just read a paragraph of it to kind of give the people? You can, you can read some highlights. Um, okay. That's fine. And that was uh, on episode three, right? Yeah, this was on episode three. This was um, with Highway to Terror, Video Venom, and whatever else was in that episode. I forget. Uh oh! Highway to Terror, Video Venom, and Dinosaur Boy. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's why I wanted to forget. It's fucking Dinosaur Boy. Uh, he says I'm enjoying the podcast. Highway to Terror was not a bad episode, decent plot, and I enjoyed the setup that Mask implemented in the end to thwart Venom. I might have to take back my original comment about needing beers to be able to watch the show. It's better than I thought. However, Scott and T Bob suck hard. Thank you very much. I, I do agree with you there. Uh, why does there have to be an annoying kid who never listens and always causes trouble for the good guys? The same thing happened in The Walking Dead with Carl and also Daniel in Season 3 of The Transformers. Pay attention to what your kid is doing or get them babysitters, not a goofy robot slash scooter. <laughs> He's basically reiterating everything we've already said about Scott and T-Bob. <laughs> yeah. Um... He also goes on to say about uh, Video Venom, you mentioned the episode of plot for Video Venom being similar to the original Transformers episode, The Ultimate Doom, where the hypno-chips were used to brainwash humans in doing work for Megatron and the Decepticons. The first thing I thought about when I watched Video Venom was that it was very similar to G.I. Joe episode Flint's Vacation, where Cobra brainwashed an entire town of people to do work for them. In G.I. Joe episode, Cobra actually uses TVs to brainwash the town's people, just like Venom did. So originally I thought Mask was ripping off the plot from G.I. Joe, but the Mask episode actually debuted more than a month before the G.I. Joe episode, October 5th, 85, compared to November 13th, 85. Also, why did Venom need a special weapon to destroy a highly combustible oil field? Yes, we agree. And then uh, on episode four, we've actually had, you know, at the time we're recording this, there's up to 14, 15 comments string on episode four. We're having lots of fun. Um, Tim Silver's one of our friends and sometimes co-host on some special episodes uh, has said a couple things. I wanted to bring out something here. He says, uh, I agree with Kevin that T-Bob and Scott Tracker aren't that bad. I actually don't find them very annoying. I'm more annoyed at the coincident aspect of the events that happen that bring them into the episodes occasionally. Um, and then we had a whole string of stuff about, um, well, he did mention he, he noticed the difference in T-Bob's voice. Um, they pointed out a couple animation errors that we missed and, uh, they did bring out a whole conversation on Rotex and, uh, <laughs> how similar they are to Scraplets and how you're wrong on that, Mike. So, uh, this, I just bring this up because this is some of the stuff that you're missing out. If you're not visiting Geekcast Radio Network, you can go to any of the episodes we've already recorded, go back and comment on episode one or two. If you want to, we will see it. We will respond. Um, yeah. other people might respond and, you know, then as they get released every week, you can make more comments. Be yes. a part of the fun here. Exactly. Uh, one last thing on um, on Rook's thing. Uh, he said he fell behind at first, but he's going to continue to try to watch the episodes before each of our podcasts to better his mask experience. And he says, keep up the good work. So thank you, sir, for that. Um, 
that's going to do it for this week. Thank you for being a part of Mast Mayhem today. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on all of our posts and get in on the discussion. Send email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The main Twitter is at Geekcast Radio. Mine is TFG1Mike. What is your Twitter? Optimus Solo, all one word. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast or radio network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. If you have a USB headset or microphone on your computer, you can go to the website. On the right-hand side, there is a button that says send voicemail and you can send it straight through your computer. No need for phones. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mass Mayhem. Don't forget to join us on our next crusade when we will be discussing episodes 15, 16, and 17. I feel like your power in your mask is fading. No, it isn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, damn it. the Scepter of Regime, <laughs> the Golden Goddess and Mystery of the Ring. The question we have to ask is, will any of those episodes be in the U.S.? Well, the question I have to ask about the Mystery of the Rings is, when is Sonic going to show up? I thought it was a, I thought it was fitting, like because we're it's an Olympic year, so we're going to talk about some Olympic rings, and then Scepter of Regime is definitely not in the U.S. I'm just guessing the Golden Goddess isn't either. I might be disappointed with our locations next week. <laughs> For now, I am TF2 and Mike with. I'm Optimus Solo. And remember, podcasting is the ultimate weapon. Illusion is the ultimate weapon. 